You're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston. On this week's show, we are looking at the 2012 Olympics that's going to be taking place in London, in uh, northeast London, and we're going to be examining the effect of that on cycling in London and on the capital more widely. And uh, with me on a ride around the perimeter fence of the construction site is a friend of the bike show, Patrick Field, who was on the show just about a year ago on a doorstep adventure around um, East London and the, the uh, Thames Gateway area. How's your year been on the wheel, Patrick? Oh, exciting. Uh, wet. Every time I went out to ride my bike, in any kind of uh, epic style, I got a good soaking. Because when we last spoke, you were in training or preparations at least for the Paris Brest Paris. Yes, that was uh, as good as ever in many ways. It's the wettest one that I've ever endured, which gave it a different character. It kind of dampened down the, the 1200 kilometer party element, but it was, it was nice, full of fun. And we're standing, um, on the, what road is this? Ruckholt Road, I think, or maybe Eastway. Well, we're at the, uh, what used to be the entrance to the Eastway cycle circuit, which has been swallowed up in the uh, burgeoning Olympopolis, uh, which is what you referred to it uh, a year ago. And I guess it's come on somewhat since then, but clearly you were not able to train for Paris Brest Paris on the Eastway track. No, that's true. I, I, I actually recorded my slowest ever time, which uh, various reasons, uh, you know, I'm older. I had a few mechanical problems. Also, there was headwind and rain. But a big part of that, I think, is not having somewhere to go and ride hard. You know, I tried to train in Finsbury Park, but it's not really designed for bike riding, you know, till it hurts. So I think the loss of the Tuesday night 10 mile time trial, which used to be my favorite event in the whole calendar, you know, real, you want to talk about grassroots sport, that was grassroots sport. And that's just gone with no, lots of promises, but no replacement at all. I mean, there are all kinds of plans supposedly coming, but when there's nowhere to race last year and looks like there won't be anywhere to race next year. Well, it's been quite a saga with the loss of the Eastway circuit, both the road circuit and the mountain bike circuit. And I um, asked Michael Humphreys, who's chair of the Eastway users group, to fill me in on what's been going on and what the latest situation is. For people who've been at Eastway, who rode at Eastway, it's been a year without any facility. Um, the Lee Valley Youth Club, um, one of its members, uh, father, is a headmaster at Tarhyams Park School, so that club relocated there to the north of London. Um, but really, it's been a, a season without any facilities and without any racing. Um, uh, people who rode at Beastway did have a series at uh, Hainault Forest Country Park. Um, but really, is the the thing is that uh, people who were in the community on Eastway have uh, found it very difficult to keep things going. You just don't see people anymore, um, other than at races far away. Now, uh, there is a facility that's open for road riding. Um, it's a circuit, really, in uh, Docklands at a place called The Royals, just north of City Airport. Um, it's uh, 1,200 metres there and back of, of tarmac. And uh, that is going to be improved. There will be portable buildings on there from January. 
um, and uh, certain problems with the one part of the surfacing will be sorted out. Um, so that will be available um, from uh, early January at the weekends when uh, British Cycling are running the facility. Um, Hog Hill uh, will open uh, partly in March or April. Um, when I say partly, I mean that uh, the top one-third of the site um, and the car parking will open. Uh, that will give um, somewhere around seven or 800 metres of tarmac and uh, some uh, small off-road areas, uh, together with a clubhouse, which will follow in April or May time. Then the rest of the facility is waiting for uh, clearance from the uh, Natural England people and the newts. Um, construction of the full road circuit, which will be two kilometres in length, um, should begin sometime in the summer uh, with an expected completion of uh, August 2008. Um, so the full facility at Hog Hill will be open from September onwards. Looking at the Velo Park that will be the legacy facility after the Olympic Games has come and gone, what is your overall impression of what you've managed to achieve? Well, um, it, it is still work in progress. Um, it is good to have a firm of architects now uh, who, who do ride bikes. Um, that's reassuring to know. Um, the, the Legacy Velo Park um, that we were expecting um, when we left Eastway um, is no more. We're never going to see that 34 hectares. We're never going to see 24 hectares. What we are going to see is um, a mile of road circuit which now doesn't have to cross the A12. Um, partly it is squeezed in a bit of a narrow corridor between the velodrome and the A12, and that's unfortunate. But the the um, advantage of, of the latest plan is that the circuit now goes west um, and crosses over the River Lee on a dedicated bridge and uh, weaves about a bit on the other side and then comes back on another dedicated bridge um, to uh, to return to the velodrome area. Um, there will be a, a shorter um, circuit by uh, reached uh, with, a, with a link um, to the north of the velodrome, which will stay in sight of the, uh, the balcony running around the velodrome, um, and that could be ideal for school groups and youth groups. Um, the mountain biking around um, is being designed by uh, a, a renowned uh, mountain bike trail builder, Daffis Davis, um, who's uh, done work at uh, Cody Brennan, um, places in Northern Ireland, other places in Mid Wales, um, and uh, his trails are generally recognised to be among some of the finest there, there are going. Um, so we're hopeful that uh, together um, with a, a patchwork of areas around the Velo Park itself, um, under the A12 and uh, under the Ruckholt Road, um, for those who know the area, this is the bordering onto Hackney Marshes. Um, it is hopeful that um, we will be able to get uh, somewhere around seven kilometres of trail in total. Now, this will be linked by a, a sort of main link loop, which I'm afraid people will get very familiar with. Um, but there are then um, areas which are a bit more challenging, shall we say, off of that link and uh, these are being uh, designed by Daffy Davis. Do you feel that the velodrome, which has been the real target of British cycling to get that there, has been um, put at the forefront of everything at the cost of 
mountain biking and um, a road circuit and, and the general introduction to uh, competitive cycling that can't really take place on a velodrome. In the early days, British cycling was very keen to get a velodrome. It still is very keen to get a velodrome, but in the early days, it wasn't uh, finding it necessary to negotiate uh, to have a road circuit or any off-road um, to come after the Games. Now it certainly does see that uh, it has to negotiate for those. Um, and uh, that's really only proper to uh, respect the needs of, uh, of its members as well as people who aren't members, who never will be members, but who ride bikes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's largely through the efforts of the Eastway Users Group who've asserted um, the need for a reinstatement of uh, road racing, time trialling, mountain bike and cyclocross on the site, uh, that these wider facilities have been gained. British Cycling are very switched on to the idea of, of BMX now, um, and uh, the uh, eight-metre-high start ramp uh, of the Olympic BMX Supercross um, should be quite uh, impressionant. It should it should make um, quite an impression on people um, when uh, when they see it for the first time. Whether that will remain in legacy mode is still to be decided. Um, but certainly a BMX Supercross course is uh, something to see. So, uh, yeah, we hope that uh, the Velo Park will be a balance between the old and the new, um, the old being the road racing, the time trialling, the mountain biking and the cyclocross that went on at Eastway, and the new being these new disciplines of, uh, of indoor track and, uh, and BMX. Um, but, yeah, it will be difficult to balance. Um, British cycling is very keen to bring major events to the velodrome. Um, it wanted the 6,000 seats to be retained. Um, Manchester has uh, um, under 3,000 seats, um, and uh, they can see that uh, running more international track meetings could be a very substantial payday for them as promoters. Um, that's all fine, but uh, we don't want that to be at the cost of uh, having to lose the road circuit for a long period of time, for any period of time, under... Uh, parked cars and lorries that uh, come for those events so uh, that's that's been a concern and it, it will continue to be a concern until that's uh, finally sorted out that was michael humphreys of the eastway users group uh, i would just like to say that michael humphreys is a is a proper hero you know, the, the work that he's done keeping the Eastway cycle circuit on the agenda. When you hear politicians talking about regenerating wasteland, it tells you what they care about grassroots sport, really. Well, so the circuit is probably going to take us, how many miles would you reckon? Oh, I don't know. I guess it's probably maybe 15 kilometres or something like that. Don't know. I always prefer kilometres. still sounds thinking in kilometres. Sounds a bit further. <laughs> Okay, so where are we going to head? Uh, we're going to head initially westwards, back along the line of Eastway, to pick up the Riverlee navigation. Great, I'll follow you. Well, we're now riding along the towpath of the Lee navigation with the blue barriers to our left as we head um, south. South. I know it's a beautiful sunny day in stark contrast to the uh, day when we rode in December of last year. This is absolutely a crisp, sunny winter's day with the sun bright but low 
and uh, Patrick's very well equipped with a pair of sunglasses as well as a woolly hat and a puffer jacket. Yeah, it's all about, it's all about the equipment, isn't it? So what is the character and the history of the area that's behind these blue hoardings on our left? It's, it's kind of borderlands, really. You know, out in uh, Newham, which is the borough to our left, to the east of the River Lee, people re really think of Newham as Newham, I think. You know, in East Ham, there's a park called Central Park. Not because it's in the centre of London, because it's in the centre of East Ham. And the people to our right in Tower Hamlets, coming up, I think it's still Hackney at the moment. No, it might even be Tower Hamlets already, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but the people in Tower Hamlets, you know, they think of themselves as part of London. You know, this was the boundary of London County Council during the 19th century. Before that, I think it was the boundary between Essex and Middlesex. And historically, it is a, it's a big borderline. You know, the people in Hackney, to them, Leighton might as well be Chelmsford or Colchester. You know, they really, they, they're not really focused. Stratford seems like a long way away from Hackney. I the, the wild frontier of London. Yeah, I think, you know, this, I think it was a peace line between the Saxons and the Danes. And I've certainly heard further north, where the border is between Hertfordshire and Essex, I've had old geezers talk to me about, you know, in the 1950s, there'd be fights on the bridges between the rough boys of Waltham Abbey and the rough boys of Waltham Cross, you know, over nothing except historical kind of pride. And so what was going on here before the Olympics came? All kinds of marginal activity, car braking, uh, there was a successful Chinese food wholesalers, not that that's particularly marginal, but kind of stuff that's not really noticed. It's why people talk about it as wasteland now that it, it's been turned into a waste by the bulldozers. And it's certainly a development opportunity, but along with the good stuff in the rush, you know, a lot of a lot of bad things have happened. You know, and from from my point of view, the loss of the Eastway Cycle Circuit is is very bad, and it's it's like a symbol of uh, the uh, the modern world that it's going to be replaced by a velodrome, and the velodrome they'll be able to count the number of people who use it. No one will be able to use it without being trained, without getting a special bike. You know, it's all a big deal. Whereas what was there before, anyone could just rock up with a bike and have a little ride and mess about. And that's the kind of stuff that's been lost. It's quite strange not being able to see actually what's going on in there, but you can hear the kind of clunkings and grindings, digging, uh, diesel engines, but, but you can't see them. They haven't got any of those little windows that sometimes they put on building sites so you can see what's going on. It's quite mysterious. Yeah, there was a massive fire over there uh, about a month ago. It made a huge plume of smoke. A, a warehouse burnt down. Uh, a warehouse that was scheduled for demolition. Uh, I don't know whether... Uh, 
I've got no, no, you know, a, a classic Hackney conspiracy theory would be that it was a cut price way of getting rid of the asbestos, just to set light to the, but there's absolutely no evidence to support that conjecture. Okay. Uh, and aside from the warehouses, the breakers yards, the uh, chemical reprocessing plants and all the rest of it, there was some natural land there. And what, what's the background of that? I mean, what, how, how did that come into existence for public use? Uh, um, I know that the, some of the land there was covenanted for the quiet enjoyment of the public. You know, it couldn't, it couldn't be used for so anything else. It was a protected land for uh, recreation. Yeah. I Unstructured mean, recreation. Yes. And in this context... You know, it's only because of the Olympics that it's been able to be so... They've been able to, to, to grab it with such impunity. Um, it, yeah, the Eastway itself was... I think it was built on a rubbish tip. Anyone who's, who's ridden or raced there remembers that as soon as the topsoil came off, you'd get to quite nasty rubble. But it had been managed as for wildlife and... Uh, turning it into forest and wilderness for 20 or 30 years. Yeah, so we've got a bit of pave here that seems to be designed specifically for slowing our progress. I think it's designed to give uh, heavy horses purchase on these little climbs over the side channels. Okay, is that the sort of paranoia of the London cyclist that I think everything that is uh, giving me a hard time was put there to give me a hard time? It could be. The victim mentality. It is interesting that the, the victim mentality cycling around. Uh, you, you feel it particularly on, on uh, High Park Corner and Hammersmith Roundabout. But I kind of often get the feeling that I'm paying more attention to the driving of uh, car drivers than they are to their own driving. And that, that when someone slights you or does something inconsiderate or potentially dangerous, you, you take it personally when I'm sure most of the time it wasn't meant personally. Yeah, almost never. Just, you know. just carelessness. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, carelessness and recklessness. Carelessness and recklessness and uh, indifference, but it feels very personal somehow when it is threatening your uh, existence. Yeah. The trick is not to take it personally. Yeah. You know, unless you've got some dark secrets in your biography, there aren't people out on the road who want to run you over. You know, if and and very also very often people it's frightening because people are deliberately trying to frighten you, which is actually quite a formal process. You think they are deliberately trying to frighten you? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, oh, I could run you over. Why don't you slow down and let me have the road? Intimidation, in other words. Yeah, it's kind of unthought through kind of intimidation. So now we are at the joining of the stream beneath yeah. a lock here. Yeah, this is one of the Bowback Rivers coming in on the left. Down here, I think it was all swampland in the natural world, and there's a whole maze of rivers some of which were for drainage, some of which were for transportation, the River Lee navigation, and others which were for industrial power. We've still got sight of the uh, blue hoardings. 
Okay, yeah. well, we're on a slightly elevated position here up on the Greenway, which is the cycle route that runs the length of the northern outfall sewage pipe, taking the crap out of London. And um, we can see some bulldozers, cement mixers, giving it some, doing a lot of digging. Yep. I mean, this is prime, prime development land. There, first of all, there was the, the dreaded M11 link road that hit the headlines in the, in the mid-90s, which is a, an outdated kind of radial motorway running in from the River Roding to the River Lee. It was uh, built with much comical operatic protest against it through uh, Wanstead and Leighton Stone and Leighton. And then there's Stratford International, which is, uh, I think some people would like it to be a kind of parkway station for the, the terminal so people could drive into Stratford rather than having to take the train into St Pancras when they need to go to Brussels. Because that's the Eurostar terminus. Exactly. Well, not the Eurostar terminus, but it's a station on the Eurostar route. That's correct. And then there's all this land that was in kind of marginal use. Historically, it had been a swamp and then borderlands. And this is because they can't... One thing they can't mess around with is the sewer pipe. This is the last remaining corridor through this area. Well, here we are. There's some hoardings that aren't blue here that have got various uh, messages on them. Danger no unauthorised access and various thank yous. The construction of the Olympic Park is funded by the National Lottery, the Department for Culture, Media and Sport, the Mayor of London and the London Development Agency, which could actually just say your taxes. Um, and then obviously worldwide partners include Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Visa, Lloyds Bank, uh, EDF Energy, Samsung, General Electric and uh, the various statistics about the demolition job mentioning one and a half million cubic meters of earth will be excavated. Not quite sure whether those statistics actually mean anything to me. What, what, what is one and a half million cubic meters of earth and what does that look like? It's a big spoil heap I guess. Yeah it's it's polluted land from the history of you know this is where kind of noxious trades were carried out okay well let's cross underneath the railway bridge and uh, see if we can follow the perimeter fence around one of the biggest complaints about the olympics is the diversion of public money from particularly the lottery funding, but also the Mayor of London's budget away from small-scale community projects and into this kind of mega project that has got its own momentum and seems to jump to the very front of the queue for monies. And there are community groups all over London and arts projects all over London and all over the country that are feeling the pinch as they have their funding either 
reduced or cancelled entirely in order to pay for the Olympics. And a lot of the comment, Patrick, about the Olympics has been negative, but it is going ahead. It is going to be a reality. What do you think you would judge a success by in terms of impact on the area around here? Well, I think historically, if it connects the lands east of the Lee to London, you know, the Newham is a lovely place to ride a bike. Uh, there's lots of entertainment there. It's a bit of a cliche, but you could say it's kind of like what Hackney was like 20 years ago, kind of undiscovered. The, the main problem with cycling in Newham is that it's nev there's never been a good way to get from Newham to London. Either there's this corridor that we're coming up to now, Stratford High Street, which around Canning Town is pretty brutal. You see people cycling along it, but it's not. You know, there's a flyover and a nasty roundabout, and it's just all a so bit. That's the alienated. cycling equivalent of big wave surfing. Yes, I suppose so. And then there have been all these little paths and back roads through derelict industrial lands. So if if what's left behind is, to use the jargon word, permeable to cycle traffic, that would be a good thing. All these issues are complicated. It's not, it's not fair to say the Olympics is, is all bad, but a lot of the people who are major cheerleaders for it don't care about sport. You know, there is a big element of land grab in it, and it's up to people like us to keep the pressure on to make it as good as possible. Well, I was talking there with Patrick Field, and we'll certainly keep our eyes out on what is going on up there at the site of the 2012 London Olympics. And as you were, will be aware if you were listening to the show last week, uh, the roller races came to town um, again for the ninth time at the weekend. And um, I'm happy to report that the uh, glorious winners were Charlene in the women's category and Mark Burgess in the men's category. So very well done to both of those. Um, the bike shows three-man contingent uh, distinguished themselves with an extremely consistent, although very slow, performance. And uh, we clearly have an awful lot of work to do if we're going to be uh, qualifying into the knockout stages of roller racing. But um, it was a huge success. I think the biggest roller race um, ever held in London, um, in uh, I guess since the 1950s, or at least when roller racing was really big. So I'm um, looking forward to Rollerpalooza 10 whenever that comes around. So well done to the Rollerpalooza team. Hey. And uh, this is the last uh, edition of The Bike Show before the uh, Christmas break and the New Year. I will be heading off west on my bicycle just before Christmas for a little couple of days tour over the Blackdown Hills. So uh, if you see me down the road, say hello. And uh, we are heading up to the hour and uh, to play us up to Guitar Man um, is a very Christmassy track, which uh, I think the assembled guitar people will appreciate. Anyway, uh, have a very happy Christmas and see you back fresh in the new year on the 7th 
of January. you're gone. 